Good morning. Good morning. Well, it is Labor Day weekend. It is also that special, special time of year when college football has returned. Come on, yes, yeah, there you go, amen. Come on, there we go, yes. It is that time of year college football has returned. Uh, you, today we're going to talk about V for victory. I couldn't think of any more appropriate colors to use than the ones that are before you. Uh, that is the advantage of being me. I get to choose the colors. I would never have something as blasphemous as orange and blue. Um, but uh, so red, you know, red is power, power in the blood, blood of Jesus, blood of Christ, you know, all these things. I just felt like it was, you know, a lot of double and triple entendre things going on there. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good day. You know, college football is back. You always love that. And that uh, was, a, it was a great weekend. And uh, today I just want to, uh, I want to talk about uh, just uh, our, our, our victories uh, that we can have. We're going to look at three different kinds of victories. We're really, we're not going to take a tremendously long time, I don't think, to do that. And I know I say that a lot and it always ends up. Well, I really am going to try not to go very long today uh, because we've got something toward the end of the message that I want to, to do. But uh, I, was, I was talking with a guy who is a transplant to the South. He's not from the South at all. And so he said uh, when he moved down here from Pennsylvania, he was uh, very thrown off by college football in the South. Because in the North, college football is okay, but it's not as important as professional football, whereas in the South, college football is like a religion to a lot of people, yes or no? Or, or like this, and a lot of people lose their religion on Saturdays, right? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? So, but it's, it was a great, you know, it was a great thing, and so I just, uh, I was glad to, uh, to express to him the importance of that and that. He needed to become uh, well-versed very quickly in, uh, in college football if he was going to survive living in the South. Well, today we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about three uh, different victories. I think there's different kinds, but I want to highlight uh, three of those. If you have your Bible, open to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll, uh, we'll be there for just a, just a few minutes. Uh, I, I love the book of Corinthians. Uh, Paul is writing to, uh, to the church there in Corinth. And what I love about that church is that they're absolutely screwed up. Okay? And so when we blow it royally as churches today, it's not like we're like, well, nobody in the Bible messed up. No, we can go back to Corinth and we can look at the Corinthian church and we realize, man, that place was, was kind of a mess. And that when Paul is writing to Corinth, He's writing them to straighten up and get their act together. When he writes in 1 Corinthians 11 that sometimes we use as a communion passage, he's not writing to say, here's how, you know, here's a nice communion passage. He's writing to say, hey, quit doing it wrong. Do it the right way. Don't skip the people that can't get there early because they're out working in the fields and you rich people are showing up early and you're just taking communion and there's nothing left. And so he's writing and say, look, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Okay, he's writing, kind of rebuking them, getting them in, in check. But as he opens up his, his book to the Corinthians, he 
he sort of gives him gives them his, his aim in, in what he is doing and in his ministry. And you'll have to read this. But he tells them at the very beginning of, of chapter 2, he says, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the testimony of God to you, I didn't come with brilliance of speech or wisdom, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with wise and persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith might not be based on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Now that's a great statement for a minister to make, yes or no? Absolutely, because what he is saying is, it's not about me. It's not about my words. I didn't come here and say all these things so you can put your faith into me. Okay, it's back to another time in the scriptures. He says, it's not about me, it's not about Peter, it's not about this person. It's all about Jesus. And so when he comes to Corinth, or rather when he sends this letter to Corinth, he says, look, when I showed up there, I didn't try to make myself sound elegant. I didn't try to make myself sound, sound smart. But I wanted to, to all be about Jesus. All be about God, so that, that, that my speech, the things you heard from me, they weren't wise and, and, and persuasive words of wisdom. But that when you heard those words, you knew they were something different. They were something otherly. You knew that what you were hearing was the word of God and the power of God by the, the things that I say. You know, and, and, and to write the things to this church that he does, he has to have a strong reliance upon God he has to have a, a strong reliance on the Holy Spirit just as we have to have yes or no yes we must have a, a strong reliance on the on the Holy Spirit and on the power of God and so then you you roll into uh, into chapter 15 and Paul is he's talking about the resurrection throughout this whole chapter you know, he gives us a lot of detail about the, the resurrection. He also says there in the beginning of the chapter, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to clarify for you the gospel that I proclaimed to you. I want to make it a little more clear in case you've missed something. I proclaimed it to you. You received it, and you've taken your stand on it. You're also saved by it. For if you hold on to the message that I proclaimed to you, unless you believe to no purpose, for I passed on to you as most important what I also received. He's saying, here are the most important things that I'm going to leave you with. The most important thing that you need to know is coming up, and this is what they are, that Christ has died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. Paul says, this is of greatest importance. And that's why at the end of this passage, at the end of this book, this letter, before he goes into the rest of his stuff on the resurrection, he says the most important thing you need to know, if you've missed everything else I've said, if you've missed the, the way to conduct yourself in worship, if you've missed the, the instruction on how to conduct yourself during communion, then you need to hear this, that Jesus Christ, died for our sins. 
Not only did he die for our sins, he was buried and he was raised on the third day. Just as the scriptures have proclaimed for years. These are the most important words that you need to know. That's sort of the, the, the gospel in a nutshell right there in those, in those two verses. In verses, well, really, three and, yeah, three and four. And he goes on into, down into uh, to verses 13. He says, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is without foundation, and so is your faith. And what he's saying is, but Christ has been raised from the dead. Our foundation is in Jesus Christ. And he goes on and he starts talking about uh, that, that Christ's resurrection guarantees our resurrection. He starts talking about uh, different experiences uh, of the resurrection. He starts talking about the nature of, of our resurrection body. And then he gets down to this sort of this hymn at the very, at the very end of the passage. And that's where we're going to be in, in just a few minutes. But let's talk about the different kinds of, of victories that I think that, that we have. Okay? Uh, you know, some of the, the, the first thing that comes to mind when you think of victories they take place in, uh, you know, on a ball field or on a basketball court somewhere. These are the, the, the kinds of victories that I, that I think of first. Um, I have been fortunate enough to play on some very good ball teams over the years. I've also had the unfortunate experience to play on some really bad ball teams over the years. Maybe one of them was a softball team. Uh, I didn't say which one, but maybe. Uh, but during the, the, the sort of the, the feast years, you know, I, I started playing t-ball as a little guy, and then uh, I, and then I moved on, and I started to uh, I started to play soccer. And I knew nothing about soccer, but uh, the reason I started playing was not because you know I just had this incredible passion for it, probably like Eddie had. It was all that was left to sign up for because everything else was full. Okay, I wanted to run track, but track was full. So I had to go play soccer, and I ended up, I ended up playing you know, 10 or 12 years of that uh, throughout my life. And in, uh, when I was in U10 soccer, now for those of you that have no idea any rules about soccer, uh, well, first of all, you're going to probably ask me about offsides. Just go to Eddie. He, ask Eddie. I can explain it, but Eddie's a coach. He can do a much better job than I can. Under U10 is everyone under 10 is in that specific division. Okay. Now then, when I played under 10 soccer, wait a minute. There I am right there, 1984. 1984, I played for the Cubs, and we were awesome. We were really awesome. As a matter of fact, the 1984 Cubs soccer club lost only one game that season. We got to play for the county championship against the dreaded Buffaloes. The only game we had lost that year was to the Buffaloes. And we were hungry for revenge. And I remember going to the field at Bascom. Carmel Road, and we played, and we played, and we played, and at the end of regulation, the game was tied two to two, 
Well, it's a championship game, so you don't just flip a coin. You play overtime. So we went through an overtime period of, I think, was probably the equivalent of another quarter. We didn't play halves. It was broken into quarters. And we played another quarter, basically. And at the end of that quarter, the score was still tied. And so we go into the greatest thing in all of sports. What do we go into, Eddie? The penalty shootouts. We go to penalty kicks. And they picked their best five. And we picked our best five. And I watched them trot out there to go take their kicks. While I stood with the rest of my teammates. And they went. And we went. And they went. And we went. It got down to our last man. And the score was now four to four. We had one player left. We had one man left to kick. One ball. Then we'll have to reboot. And he lines his ball up. He puts it in the back of the net. And we were the under 10 Cherokee County champions. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We were the champions. You know, we, we were victorious. Okay? The Cubs had beaten the Buffaloes. We had avenged our loss. Well, then we all moved up to under 12. Fall season doesn't really count. You play sort of the practice season, but in the spring, that's when it really counted. Well, guess what? County championship rolled around again, and we were back in the championship game. This time, we were undefeated. This time, guess who we played? The Buffaloes. We had beaten them during the regular season. We were their only loss. They were hungry, but we were not willing to give up our championship. And so the game started, and we played hard, and we fought hard, and at the end of regulation, I kid you not, the game was tied. I kid you not, the game was tied. And so we went into an overtime period, and we played 15 more minutes, and at the end of overtime, the score was 4-4. Four to four. And, Eddie, it happened again. I've been in two championship games in my life that went to penalty kicks. I'm thinking, this is it. It's great. And so I waved to my teammates as they trotted out to take their kicks. I was a defender. I wasn't a striker at that point in my career. You know what? Now that I think about it, I, was a, I, was a, uh, I played offense on the first team. I got moved to defense on the second team. They go out there, and it's the we, we kick first. We get down to it, and it is five to five. And they have the last man up, and the same thing happens. He puts it in the back of the net, and they have toppled us as county champions. The same exact scenario. The score was a little different, but everything else was the same, and I was crushed. Okay, I was a great winner. Okay, I was a great winner. Now, I didn't rub it in anybody's face or anything like that, but I was a terrible loser. Now, then nobody pointed anybody, you two. I got seats reserved for you in just a minute. Okay, seats reserved, so you two. <laughs> but I was a terrible, I was a terrible loser. I remember 
you know, we'd line up, and, you know, we, we'd line up, and our coaches would march us across the middle of the field, and good game, good game. And I just remember just, like, smacking the kid's hand as he came to me, and my coach got on to me, you know, and I just, you know, I got this teachable moment that I didn't want to have after it was over with and my second-place trophy, thinking if I'd have been on the five, we'd have won, and, you know, all this. But it was, you know, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. I was, a, a, I was not a, a, a good loser. I also happened to play on some basketball teams that was pretty good. And in my sixth grade year, we won the, we won the championship game as well as I got ready to, to go into middle school. And I remember uh, just growing up in my bedroom, I would take the trophies from all these different things. Now, some of these were just participation trophies, and I thought they were awesome, but I didn't do anything. I just showed up, and they gave me a trophy. Some of them, the more important ones were where we, we actually won something. And I would feature those prominently on the, on the top of my dresser because those were the ones that, that really, really mattered. You know where those trophies are today? I have no idea. They're in the garbage. They collected dust, and, and really all they were were just plastic. There was nothing really, uh, there were nothing really important to them. They just, they ended up in the, in the dumpster somewhere, and it reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, where he's saying, you know, don't you know that all the runners in the stadium, they all race, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control and everything. However, they do it to receive a perishable crown. We receive an, an imperishable one. And he goes on to say, therefore, you know, I, 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 I take care of my spiritual discipline to make sure that I don't lose what I'm, what I'm after. You know, a lot of the victories we have, they don't really matter all of that much when it comes to sport vic sports victories. And, and, and they're great, and they're good, but really, they're not anything we can just, you know, hold on to necessarily. You know, we can have those, those trophies and, and, and things like that, but really, all they are eventually destined for is, is the garbage dump. Okay, and so we want to make sure that that's not our only aim, is those kinds of, of victories, victories that are going to be great at the moment, but eventually we're going to forget about them. Eventually, you know, they'll move on and some other team will, will win. And that goes with our life as well. We have to make sure that we're focusing on things that, are, that, that, that have more, more substance to them. Well, then there's other victories that, that come in, in, in life, and we won't spend a whole lot of time on this one, but these are, are worth a, a, a little more. You know, you've, you've worked hard, and you, you, maybe you, what you really are wanting is, is a job, and so you've, you've prepared, and you've studied, and you've trained, and you've done all these things, and you get the job, and you do well, and you get promoted up through there, or, or something, good, something good happens to you, or, you know, I, I think about somebody who has uh, been diagnosed with, with cancer or, or something like that, or they had something terrible that's happened, and they've overcome that. Okay, and that's a victory that has more substance to it, right? And those are good kinds of victories. Those are the kinds that, that, that we want to, to hold on to because those are, those are good things. And then there's this, this last kind right here. And you think, well, death? What is that? Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we can gain the most important victory 
therein. And that's what Paul is writing about in chapter 15. He's trying to get these guys' attention. He's saying, look, the most important thing is that Christ died. He was buried and he was resurrected. Let me remind you about, let me remind you about this, this resurrection. He gets down into verse 15. He says, Brothers and sisters, I tell you this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Just like the trophies that I won all those years ago, they're only meant for this world. Our physical bodies are not meant for anything but this world. Okay? We are all wasting away, yes or no? Man, we, yeah, we feel it, don't we? You get out of bed in the morning, and you're like, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there are days where I can roll out of bed and fail to stick the landing. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, because outwardly, what are we doing? We're wasting away. Now then, I'm fixing to do something that I don't do a lot. I'm fixing to predict all of our deaths, like the date. Within a hundred years, we'll all be dead. See if I'm right. In a hundred years from now, none of us will be here. Who knows if the world will even be spinning a hundred years from now. But the point is, none of us, nor any of the things that we have surrounded ourselves with, that we hold on to, is likely to be here. Because outwardly, we are wasting away. Everybody, just, just hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Everybody, come on. Some of you are like, I ain't doing that. Just hold it in front of your face. A hand is an incredible thing. Just thinking about the, uh, just the complexity of a hand and what it does. You can control it without, you don't even have to look at it. You can just control that thing. We got another one just like it. Great for all kinds of stuff. You know, picking and scratching and, you know. All of these things. But in a hundred years from now, we won't be here. Because we won't be here. And what's going to matter then or the day that we die? What's going to matter then is a different kind of victory. We have to make sure that the only victories, we have to make sure that the 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 only kind of victories that, that we don't have, let me say that again, we want to make sure that we're not just holding on to trophies. Okay? And while we've overcome things like cancer and disease and those kinds of things, we want to make sure that those aren't the only kind of victories that we're holding on to. We also want to make sure that we're holding on to the victory gained through Jesus Christ. You know what I'm talking about? And that's the victory that overcomes death. And that's what he's talking about. He says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We're not, our bodies are not meant for this world. So I'm telling you a mystery. He says, we'll not all fall asleep, but we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. 
For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and will be changed because this corruptible or this perishable it must be clothed with incorruptibility. This mortal must be clothed with incorruptibility. Now when this corruptible is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is, is not in vain. We'll be changed. We'll be transformed into bodies that are created for heaven. We'll have a new body. You know, I think about those that are just, you know, aging and can't get up, can't do things for themselves. You know, one day we'll have a new body. One day I won't have a need for contacts, okay? You know, it's, it's those things. We'll be given this, this new body. Sight will be stored. We'll have new hearing, new vision. I mean, that's will receive an eternal body but it's only through it's only through Jesus Christ only if we have tapped into the resurrection life that is available to all of us look at these verses again death has been swallowed up in victory there are so many people that are scared to death of death I've even met people who call themselves Christians that are afraid to die. And you know, you've 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 heard me say this before that you know we shouldn't fear, we shouldn't fear death. If we're in Jesus, we have no reason to fear death. Okay? Death, and this is what you've heard me say before, death is just the coat room that you have to pass through in order to get to the celebration. At death, you're shedding the outside body. You're given something new to go into the celebration of heaven. That's what it's about. And he says, so death, what has had this grip on us, what has separated us from God, death has been swallowed up in victory. He says, oh, death, where is, where is your victory? You had the victory, but you no longer do. You no longer hold the victory. You've been overthrown. Where is your victory? Hey, death, you remember the sting that you once held? That sting that you would deliver to people's lives? Where is it? Because it is no more. You have, you have no more power over people and individual lives. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can receive that same victory. We receive that, that same resurrection life 
through Christ Jesus, through him going to the cross. And that, that's what Paul's reminding him of. He died for our sins. He was buried and he was resurrected. What Paul's really saying is, look, that happened to Jesus. Guess what? That can happen to you as well. By giving your life to Jesus, you'll be raised to, to new life. And so if I was going to have a point this morning, it's simply this. Thanks to God, we have victory in Jesus. Thanks to God, we have victory in Jesus. I've asked the, the worship team to help with a song, and they're going to come up. It's, uh, it's become a, a, a favorite of ours. You guys can come on up. It's... Uh, and it's just called, I mean, it's, and it's called Forever. <clears throat> and what I love about this, uh, what I love about this passage is that it, or, or this song, is that it captures the passage that we just read. It captures those words, you know, death, where is your victory? Death, where, where is your sting? gives glory to God for what what he's done in uh, in all of our lives The 
Of, of that passage 
the message of the cross is, is contained in, in that song. You know, the death is broken. It holds no power. It holds, it holds no sting. It doesn't matter what comes our way in life. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who may not experience the first two victories as they go through life. You know, there are a lot of people who will never have a, a sports victory, a sports trophy, something like that. There are a lot of people who, as they go through life, as they, they pound away, they only hit rock. But all of us, every single one of us, can experience the victory in Jesus. You know, we can hold on to that. That no matter what else goes on in our life, we have that hope. And that's the hope that Paul writes about in other places in Thessalonians. Because we don't grieve like those who have no hope. For those of us that have given our lives to Jesus, death is no big deal. In fact, death is something that really, in a way, we can look forward to. Because it means that we are leaving our perishable, corruptible body. Our bodies arthritis, our bodies that break down, our bodies need medicine just to continue to function. And we look for something better. That comes only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where we come from or our background. He takes all of us just as we are. And so that's what we want to offer to you this morning. If you've experienced only the, the first kind of victory where your trophies are things that are going to perish, things that are going to stay here, things that you cannot take with you, you need to come to Jesus and come just as you are. But maybe you've got the other kind of trophies. Maybe you do have some good things that have, have happened to you in your life. Maybe you have overcome something or in the process of, of overcoming something. You've gained a victory over addiction or abuse or whatever it might be. You've been healed from something. But that's the only victory you have. Then come to Jesus just as you are. But maybe you're in that third category of people that they've never felt like they've experienced it kind of victory. Life seems to always be stacked against them no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do. You pound away, but you keep hitting rocks. 
But there is a guaranteed victory for you, and it is through Jesus. And all you have to do is come to him just as you are. Come to him and confess that Jesus is Lord. Be baptized into his name, into his death. Be raised up out of the water. Just as Jesus was resurrected, you are resurrected spiritually and receive new life. And you're created new for the kingdom of God. But don't, don't, don't go away hurting. Don't go away defeated by Satan. When there is a victory to be had this day in this moment. If we can help you, if we can pray for you, if we can baptize you into the victory of Jesus. Why don't you do that while we come, while we stand and sing?